Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. It is Ag Mental Health Week. We have the person who made that designation joining us today. But first, Andrew Henderson is with us as well from the UK. Good afternoon, UK. Good morning, USA. And how are you today, Peter? Good morning, good, good, good morning Andrew, and uh, wonderful to be joining you from the best little country in the world. All oh, right, okay, well, you're in the north then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, two yet two days before you're going to need a passport to come to the UK anymore. How's I know, that? but at least at least we'll still be an EU member, <laughs> stronger oh, together. Well, yeah, you just make sure you pay all those debts off for them. We'll be looking forward to you doing that. Uh, uh, Suddenly, Andrew, I remember you being on with Peter Hines and myself. Yes, I remember the EU discussion that we had. I clearly remember Peter being here before, but I didn't remember you here until now. Peter joining us from Ireland, if you can't tell. And uh, he's been up to something other than milking cows. And I thought it was just time to bring him back on and see what's going on. First of all, Andrew had a question about um, Ireland that he wanted to ask you off the air. Okay, Andrew, now you can ask your question. How's, how's the dairy industry in Ireland doing at the moment? Well, it's going to be to be honest with you, Andrew. I mean, the very fact that we're a new member has uh, greatly helped our milk price. Uh, no, the jokes aside, uh, yeah, it took a, milk price took a bit of a dip at the start of the year when COVID hit, but uh, it's really bounced back, and I think global markets have really kind of they've held their own this year, and they've really shown the need for uh, dairy globally. The fact that they've bounced back so well in a global pandemic, and uh, and I guess you guys have had a rel- relatively good year as well. Once you kind of got into May, it seemed to strengthen. Andrew, Andrew did it? No, you, we had the haves and the have-nots here. To be fair, Peter, some farmers have received a good price, um, mainly the ones that service the retailers. But about 35 to 40 percent of our farm- farmers have had a very poor milk price all the way through COVID. But I'm sure you're aware that France and Germany, France cut their production by 10 percent and Germany cut their production by 25 percent. So that's had a very good effect overall in Europe because, there's a, as you know, there's quite a shortage of milk. But that hasn't unfortunately spread to the UK. We've had um, the haves and the have nots here in the UK, um, not least because we've got no capacity for example, all of our um, chilled storage is full of, get this, Irish cheddar waiting to be sold into the market. There is, and that's not a joke. That's true. So um, once that's out of the way, I think, um, you know, I think Europe is going to be short of milk. And you're right. The demand for dairy produce across the world, I, I, I believe, is going to is going to go up and up and up, to be honest. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Peter, if I can jump in this dairy discussion, um, we continue to see it. And by the way, Andrew brought this to light for the entire world, I think, at the beginning of the COVID situation. I'm now calling it a situation. Uh, he discovered that China was sending the message to their consumers to greatly increase milk consumption. It's the best way to protect yourself, build your immune system and fight off coronavirus. We suddenly in the United States have this movement that vitamin D 
you yep. take a vitamin D supplement and you need to do this. And w- without naming anybody, somebody yesterday made a post. They said, uh, what is the recommendation on vitamin D supplementation? What should I be taking? And all I said was, I drink a half a gallon a day. And, that, <laughs> you know, and, and to me, that was the message. So I, I'm curious what signals are being sent to the consumers in uh, Ireland about the consumption of milk and building your immune system and not just COVID-19, but just making you healthier as a whole. Are people getting that message? Yeah, look, I th- and I think uh, consumer purchasing power has held up well in Ireland uh, this year. I mean, like we do export 90% of what we produce. Uh, the whole market is never going to greatly impact uh, on uh, milk price here. But likewise, it was a lot of the... The nutritional advice here and and in the UK that I've seen is uh, that you keep your consumption up of, of vitamin D. Uh, I suppose the one negative thing that we have over here at the moment, and uh, there, there there is one specific TV program going, um, which is uh, called "What Planet Are You On?" and that dis- discusses uh, nutritional advice and the information they are giving out to the general public is to cut uh, dairy and meat out of your diet, which is yeah. I think to see a TV program uh, give a nutritionist that uh, have someone on that is not a qualified nutritionist giving out that sort of advice is absolutely ludicrous and um, I mean it's it, it's duly noted in this country that uh, I suppose you know with the female population and especially the younger female population that uh, it's it's vital that uh, they increase their their dairy intake to counteract osteoporosis. But it, likewise, if you look at uh, the nutritional content in dairy versus a dairy alternative, uh, gram for gram on nutri- nutritionally, um, dairy way outperforms uh, the milk alternatives from a carbon footprint perspective. Yeah. How, 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 do, how do we get on that show? <laughs> I, I mean, I think I, I want to be on there. I think that show is big enough for you, Tim. Yeah, that we've had the same problem, Peter. And uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's uh, shown itself up for what it is. And um, there's been very negative press about it here. People are beginning to rumble this. I don't know whether you know as well that uh, the black and Asian mi- minority cultures um, around the UK as well, it hasn't been properly explained to them why vitamin D is so important to them during this pandemic, given the fact that their their own natural um, ev- evolution has meant that their, their absorption because of our climate of vitamin D is far less than the Caucasian white um, um, uh, population. So that's one of the reasons why um, they are more afflicted by this pandemic. You couldn't write some of this stuff because what, you've just outlined is the problem in my opinion and that is that we do not have a independent verifiable press left in the UK and it sounds like you haven't got it in Ireland either and it's really worrying me because they they, they are fueling some of the um, decisions that have been made around this pandemic it's absolutely obvious to me now that um you know, the right things aren't being done, and a lot of the time the wrong things are, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. as you said, the agriculture sector alone, I think, uh, on this side of the world is uh, 
is, is trying to get the solid advice out to the consumer and the public and, and try and write off the, the anti-ag agenda and propaganda that's going out just to, you know, across the board. I mean, what they're saying about from a climate perspective around meat and dairy in the Ireland and the UK is absolutely ludicrous. And uh, yeah. I think where we really sit in an unfortunate position is that we haven't got the research uh, in either country on carbon sequestration to, 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 for us as farmers to be able to turn around and say, look, guys, this is the carbon footprint of our product. These are the studies that have been done. This is where we are actually carbon neutral. We, uh, well, we and, are. We yeah, are, and we're yeah. going to prove it. We're going to prove it, and there's lots of work being done in that area, Peter. And as you yeah. know, I'm sure you know, there's one company that's from Ireland that's heavily involved in that. We are going to be the solution. We aren't the problem. We are the solution. And um, that's what gives me so much positivity about the future of our industry. Interestingly, though, I will tell you this, Peter, the rest of the dairy industry in Europe wants to watch out because they're not going to be able to deliver what Ireland and the UK can because they're not carbon neutral. Belgium, Denmark are not going to be able to prove carbon neutrality because their systems and they don't graze enough and they don't farm enough of their own land. They're not going to be able to prove it. And I I think while we're at, while, well, uh, while the broader uh, world has a chance to listen to us, uh, I'm holding my hand up. If any airline or airline uh, company is listening right now, I'm, I'm quite happy to sell carbon credits to you guys. Just, just give me time. I'm there. I'm gonna, I, this is going to be ag products number one with dairy backing it up. I will be selling you carbon credits along with my fellow farmers in Ireland. Do you know what? That's not as funny as it sounds though, is it? Because that is the solution. We, we can show them how to absorb the carbon and release less into the atmosphere. And, um, it's, it really is interesting how, um, these groups that have slated the farming industry for so long are going to look so stupid in the next 20 years when they realize we're the solution, not the problem. Seems like a good place to take a break. Andrew Henderson, Peter Hines joining from the UK and Ireland. I want to remind you about Neogen. A good place to have a solution for genetic progress is Neogen shining a light on your genetic future. Taking a look at those genomics that are present, we can no longer afford to take a chance. We need to know exactly what genomics will be passed on. You'd actually, you know what genomics are there, and it increases your odds of it being passed on. This is the future. It is absolutely a must-do. Know the genomic makeup of these animals. Details at Neogen.com. We'll continue with Ag Health Week, excuse me, Ag Mental Health Week 2020 after this. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trent Loose. Continuing roll routes and uh, the Ag Mental Health Week. Peter Hines is the one who started that. He's here with Andrew Henderson, and we are going to get to mental health, but I want to continue with this true sustainability discussion a little further. We, we, we do need to stay on that because in the United States uh, several years ago, actually two administrations ago, we were talking about that very thing, that farmers will be able to sell carbon credits, and we never did have a system in place to pay the farmer for selling carbon credits. It was all just pie in the sky. So while I 100% agree and want to be the loudest voice in saying that we are the solution to climate neutrality, we need to have a system that actually pays the farmer for what it is that they're doing instead of just talking about it. 
Yeah, that's a really good point, Trent, because um, uh, everybody's talking about zero carbon footprints by 2030, 40 or 50. Um, and actually, that's saying how expensive it's going to be. And it's the farmers who are the, the solution. So mm-hmm. there you go. It's yeah. a great place to be. And we've got to make, got to really, really, really force that message. And, um, you know, th- that was a great tweet that you just shown, showed there or, or, or a message there. You know, more and more people are getting aware of that. And, Peter, I see that under your... Uh, well, wait a minute, Andrew. I, if you're going to say that for the radio listening audience, I have to share it. And yeah. Linda Walker says that vitamin D from the sun is stored in animal fats. So whole milk from pasture-raised cows for the family is a healthy win. Um, yeah, see, fat has been demonized far too long. Fat is one of the major solutions that's been overlooked. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, but we are starting to, people are listening to this argument now and it's starting to gather pace. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing some uh, two farm uh, studies on Friday this week to look at uh, how we're showing farmers are, are reducing uh, their carbon footprint. So mm-hmm. there's um, there's a lot of really positive work going on in these areas. This um, mental uh, health week, Peter, uh, what's that all about? Yeah, yeah we were, actually, Peter, we didn't bring you on to talk about carbon credits. We can, we don't mind that, but you've been you've been all mental health week all week. What's going on? I echo what Andrew does ask you. Yeah, uh, myself and Paula had a conversation uh, about six weeks ago on uh, the very fact that when you look at farming globally, we lose lose more farmers to suicide than we do to farm accidents. Uh, wow. Yet we have a, a specific uh, farm safety week, but as an industry globally, we don't have any specific week on mental health awareness and agriculture. I know some countries uh, do do have their own individual week, and likewise some campaigns do do, but. Paul and myself kind of felt, right, if we really, really want to have this conversation and maybe start breaking down some walls, it's it's about time we all stand together as fellow farmers and fellow ag industry people and, and shout from the rooftops how much support is there and how much it is okay to discuss mental health and agriculture and suicide. And uh, we spent 20 euros on a, a mobile phone chip, launched a Twitter account, an Instagram account, a Facebook account, and uh, got ambassador videos from farmers all over the world, uh, wow. set up live stream panel discussions. This is the lowest budget global campaign you will ever see, but uh, it's it's quite humbling to see the reach that it's got. Uh, if you look on Twitter yesterday, it had 250,000 impressions for which an, a Twitter account that was set up one month ago uh, is uh, it just shows how many people are willing to join the conversation and uh, my message to any anyone li- listening that's working in the ag industry is let's stand together and see where see if we can break down the stigma and smash down these walls and uh, support our fellow fellow farmers really? uh, i want i want really? to echo your sentiments there peter in in suggesting that everybody do what there's been what you've started have it already happening post a short one minute video on how you personally deal with mental health when you're challenged because in the US we, we're suddenly getting a, a more exposure for uh, veteran suicide in the US 22 veterans take their life every single day and we now have more farmers taking their life daily than we do veterans and so this is this is not just a US thing it's not just an Ireland thing a UK it's a global true pandemic 
And I, I applaud you for taking the time and effort to go out and inspire people to be a part of the, the solution. Grassroots movements are always the answer, and that's what you've started. Peter, as a farmer, do you do you see it as multifactorial, or do you see that there's some areas we need to look at very quickly that cause you concern as a farmer? I think I, I think this is such a big conversation because I mean you've global markets and, and how they fluctuate and how they impact farm gate prices. You've uh, major weather events globally. You've you've got isolation and you've got the stigma built behind it. And 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 I think this conversation actually resonates so much with what we were discussing before we jumped onto mental health because I have an article in the paper over here today and part of the article I wrote was. Globally, we constantly discuss uh, are the politicians and 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 the anti ag and the and and the ag industry discuss sustainable farming, but I haven't yeah. once mentioned any one of those people that are maybe targeting the farm ag sector, and I've never heard them say, "Can we include sustainable living in that conversation?" And Absolutely. ultimately, if you don't include sustainable living in the sustainable farming conversation you may well end up in a, a position where you have food shortages because the very guys that have to implement in, implement uh, the sustainable farming uh, message on the ground on their own farms are the guys that are really struggling from time to time uh, and feel they can't reach out and and if, and if the world can reach out to those guys that are isolated and, and are in crisis are we not leaving them leaving them behind and 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 uh, leaving them uh, leaving them unaided or un- unguided? Well, you know, I, I can't begin to say how much I agree with what you're saying because to me, sustainability in farming not only is it key, there's also very good reasons why it has to be implemented. Because, for example, when we start to talk about the environment and uh, carbon absorption, but not just that animal welfare too the minute we know that we're selling uh, um, products from farms below the cost of production we are it's not just the mental health which is the biggest issue but it's also the fact that it's not sustainable so it means that you're opening up um, problems for the future that you should be avoiding right from the start and that's um, it does worry me that we can't get the supermarkets and everybody that buys produce that we produce to actually buy into a sustainable future. It's to me, it's critical. And and look, while we're having this conversation today, and uh, and and the public are are, are listening, and uh, maybe there might be a uh, a couple of politicians around the world somewhere that are that are listening to this, uh, and they've got sustainability on on their agenda. Uh, and and it's made the conversation they are driving. But in the next 24 hours, four farmers around the world are going to lose their lives to suicide. That is factual, right? And uh, and we can come on the radio here 12 months from today, and there'll be 1,400 farmers lost to suicide globally. I mean, it, people need to stop for a moment, and I would encourage anyone that listens to this today, just take a moment... At some stage in the day, sit there quietly and think about those four guys around the world, uh, or four, four men and four women, uh, that feel so alone and all they want to do is produce quality food 
as best they can, but they feel that they've got nowhere left to turn, and they end their lives, and they destroy mm-hmm. their families' lives, and they destroy their local community, and it leaves complete and utter devastation for so many. And as heartbreaking as that is for the people left behind, when you think of someone standing in that position in their life that they have literally nowhere left to turn and end it all, I think we really, as an ag industry, we need to start stepping up to the mark and we need to start supporting the likes of what Do More Ag are doing in Canada and the DPJ in Wales and FCN in the UK and uh, Embrace Farm and Chuck Tom in Ireland. And, and I know the French guys have really had a tough time the last few years. And uh, we just need to shout from the rooftops that, look, mates, if you're struggling, if you're in crisis, we're here. Pick up the phone, hit us a DM, jump, jump the fence and meet your neighbour and pick him up when he's down. And let's all stand together and, because this is the greatest industry in the world to work in. Uh, and we love what we're doing. We just want to to keep doing it uh, without the criticism, without the negativism, uh, without being told what we're doing wrong. Uh, and, and we just want to make a living at it. All right. As we promised, we will get to Ag Mental Health Week in the last. No, it's not the last segment. The next segment, second half. Before I let you go, Lone Creek Cattle Company offering the opportunity to be a part of a brand of beef program called Certified Piedmontese. It's simply about getting paid better for the quality of beef that you produce. And that's exactly what we get done with the system of Certified Piedmontese. It all stems around the Piedmontese cattle, which possess the myostatin gene for tenderness. But Lone Creek has put that into a package that is very performance-driven, calving ease, excellent growth rate, and you get paid steers and heifers same price. How can you beat that? More details at LoneCreekCattleCode.com. Second half of Rural Route after this. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trent Luce, the across-the-pond version of Rural Route this week with my pontification partner, Andrew Henderson, from the U.K. Also joining us from Ireland, a dairyman, Peter Hines, who has started a movement that is taking shape. We're going to finally get to that in this segment. Brilliant. You know, I think that the first time I really grasp the, the sustainability issue, Andrew, that you talk about, I was in Ireland. It was the week that I first put Andrew on the radio. It was the week that we were there for the, uh, uh, I think we called it the Global 500 event with beef and dairymen. And we went out to some farms. And I continued to see things that farmers in Ireland were doing that made no sense whatsoever. And it, it was being done because it was part of the sustainability definition part of the sustainability movement i said well how can you afford that well we get a check for that so much of the mental health in my mind is that farmers globally now have this pressure to do all of these things that are supposedly uh, the triple bottom line and sustainable for our community and we're being told that there's a better way when people lose sight of the fact that on those farms in ireland and the uk for example because you two are here families have been farming that land for hundreds, hundreds of years. And all of a sudden in 2020 or 2000 and beyond, 
they're told that you need to become sustainable. What is sustainability? It is the ability to profitably take care of the same land year after year, generation after generation, and produce essentials of life. The sad irony is that if you look at the global situation on mental health, the farmer is the key because someone who is not nutritionally fit, someone who is not utilizing, just take, for example, the milk that we talked about and Linda's great comment about vitamin D and the fats. We've been told to demonize fat and avoid fat. And it's pretty clearly documented that people across the board, not I'm not talking about farmers as a soul. I'm talking about everybody nutritionally are not sound and their omega-3s or omega-6s are not balanced. And it's not just that simple, but nutrition is the key. And if your nutrition as a human being is not right, it's harder to maintain your mental health. So it's all of these things working together. And and I love the fact that you bring that all together, Peter, because so many people just want to single out one thing as that's the problem with mental health. No, that's not the problem. You need community, you need nutrition, and you need support. Yeah, well said, Fred. Yeah, well said. Can't can't argue with any of that. That's the... That is the number of it. It's um, how, however said. However, that experience that those farmers have had over the years, they you're quite right. Uh, the world hasn't given them the farmers the respect they deserve for achieving that. That's where the messaging needs to be improved, not just to give the industry more, um, more if you like, kudos within society, but also to allow us to make improvements. There's always going to be improvements in every industry. Nobody can deny that. There, there always will be. But you're absolutely right, Trent, that um, I see some of the things that I see as supposedly sustainable. Like, mm-hmm. for example, Tesco's in this country. I'm going to tell you one of their latest ones. They give sustainability of points for farmers attending meetings. Wonderful. That's truly sustainable. Yeah, and that that's actually the the... the the, the rot has set in because one man, the reality of sustainability isn't always what some of these retailers, they just want to put it on on their uh, advert, adverts that they've got a sustainable group or they've got this. A lot of the time, they're not, they're not walking the walk or talking the talk. They're actually just trying to use the headline. And that's... And I actually want to, I want to expand on something, that, a point that you were making there, Andrew, in, in that when you look at the world as a whole, uh, the politicians and the consumer, to me, they very much seem like the school teacher. Uh, and the farmer is the school pupil that needs to do, actually do the work and do the homework. Uh, <laughs> and if you're sitting inside the school and the teacher is telling you every day, you're doing a rubbish job. You need to do this better. You need to do that better. That's wrong. This is wrong. The school kid is not going to be motivated. Where if you're standing there as a teacher and you're saying, look, what you're doing is really good, but let's work with you and see if you could maybe improve on this and, and, and we'll help you with that. And, and if you do X, Y, or Z, it's going to be more financially rewarding to you in the rest, for the rest of your life. The, the student is going to be inspired and say, God, yeah, the teacher really wants to work with me and I'm going to strive to be the best I possibly can. And I know I'm not there yet, but I can do better. And for me as a Brilliant. farmer, I think farming is a learning curve that every day I get out of bed and I kind of look and I kind of say, yeah, God, I'd love to do this and, and I'm going to do that. And I know I can learn from every farmer I meet. And uh, 
I, I think um, I think that's that that's the encouragement we as farmers and it need to be given from the world to. Uh, we don't need to be thanked every day of the week, but uh, we certainly don't need to be kicked up the yeah. control. Of but, it, it, but you do make a very good point because that you said everything there, and and the school teacher analogy is perfect. But you're absolutely right about this. But the other thing is that when you are doing something really well, we want to be shouting it from the rooftops. And when you look at the quality of some of the food produced in all over the world, in Ireland and in the UK, we ought to be very thankful and we ought to be very gratified and show how how amazing that is in terms of uh, producing a healthy family future. And I agree with you. Do you know what? Somebody once said to me, that when you look at an individual or a group of people or whatever, the best thing to get, the best way to get the best out of anybody or any organization is to develop their strengths, not tell yep. them their weaknesses. You know, yep. and when you look at farming, the best thing to do is say you, you do really, you really are good at that. And, and that it does, it makes you feel good. It makes you wake up in the morning and want to do your job. And you're absolutely right. I can see why when you look at the press, you look at the, the way that um, the politicians and I have to say a lot of the pressure groups within within the, the food industry as well, the farmer has been the scapegoat mm-hmm. when actually yeah. he's he or she's been the solution. You know? Yeah, yeah. 100% lads. Yeah, it, I mean, it's really tough to maintain a positive mental image of yourself no matter what, when every time you read the headlines and the farmer's the problem, the cow's the problem. The cow is the solution with yeah. the farmer mm-hmm. taking care of it. And yet it, it doesn't matter how many times you know the right answer. When you have people constantly giving you, you are the problem, it works on you mentally. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and when you think how, how farmers have doubled food uh, three times over in the last century, the, the food required to sustain the world. And uh, the improvement in lifespan alone because of food quality and food safety. And you look at, you know, when I was born, I think the average age was uh, in the early 70s and we're now into the mid 80s. What an achievement. And we should be shouting it from the rooftops. You know, people live a lot longer now than they ever did before. And it's because the food they buy and the, the, the medicine that's come from all aspects of diet have improved our lifespan, period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to echo the sentiments Mark Ariel is uh, sharing with us. Let thy food be thy medicine more true today than ever. Fire, flood, water, and shelter, all of our real needs. Government have a hand in. It needs to stop. You know, all of these problems really come about because government thinks they know a better way than the individual citizens of their own country. And that's the problem. It is. But that first bit, though, Trent, is never more, you know, a truer word said in jest. The, right. the, the food is the future medicine. That has to be the solution. Food mm-hmm. is our future medicine, you know? Yes. So, uh, Peter, where do you, do you see Ag Mental Health Week going? Because you, I think you've uh, unbundled a, more of a beehive than you really anticipated. Maybe you anticipate it, but it's a big deal globally. Where do you see it going? Yeah, so I mean, look, Trent, uh, as the conversation kind of grew and expanded in uh, 
in the last couple of weeks and uh, with the amount of phone calls we had uh, and Teams calls and Zoom calls with people around the world, it was very much a case of, look guys, yeah, we were all in, in agreement that uh, this, ha- this had potential to support every support service uh, around the world and, uh, and build something that could reach out to farmers, but also maybe point them in the right direction and help normalize the conversation and uh, well, while we're very much in the thick of Ag Mental Health Week, which uh, keeps running until the 16th of uh, October, uh, we will take a week of uh, respite and, and a deep breath, but we have a plan in place with a number of key players globally to Brilliant. take it to another level in the next 12 months. And uh, and we uh, as much good things as we've done with Ag Mental Health Week this week, uh, I've learned a, less, a lot of lessons about maybe the little things that we did wrong and we can improve on. And uh, we we don't want to see this as a, a week blowing Peter and Paula Hines' trumpet. Uh, we want to see this week grow into what it has done so far and can do so more, so much more with. But we all as an ag industry stand together as one and say it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be on a knife edge where you're contemplating taking your own life. But more importantly than being okay to be on that knife edge, it's okay to actually admit that you are there and you cannot get out yourself and you need someone to grab your hand and you will be gladly dragged back up that mountain so that you can get back to enjoying life with your family. And as much as we love farming uh, and farming the land and producing food at, at the back of it all, it's it's the family behind that farm is the most important thing. And, and by helping that one person that's struggling survive, uh, it maintains that family unit in a great place. So I think, uh, I th- I th- I think this is only... We've just planted a seed with Ag Mental Health Week, and I think we, uh, with, with a number of key people around the world, uh, we want to start to grow this, and we hope everyone's going to spread a little fertilizer and spread a little bit of water on it and help it grow with us. Farmers are always good at planting seeds, that's for sure. And, and Carl McCormick is good at spreading fertilizer, so it's a good combination for everybody. Actually, everything in life, guys, is about planting seeds, putting a little water, and spreading a little fertilizer that's what it's all about before we take this any further we'll come back to these two and finish up but first i want to remind you about the stand at paxton county the challenges in animal ownership continue to mount more details about uh, this movie and how well it has done on netflix the stand at paxton county on netflix in the month of may the first month it was out top 20 watched movies on all of netflix we need to get it back to the top 20 because it brings what we will, we will call the other side of animal ownership, the other side of alleged animal abusers. Forest Films captured it tremendously well in this movie, The Stand at Paxton County. There are no certified Piedmontese cattle in this movie. That was an oversight on my part, I think. That won't happen again. Trust me. LoneCreekCattleCo.com, by the way, to get more details about certified Piedmontese, the last segment of Roll Route Letter to this. Uh, uh, Peter, at the end of the day, though, you're a farmer, and here you're dedicating and devoting a lot of time to something other than milking cows. That's not easy on you. 
No, but I'm very good at prioritizing my mental well-being, uh, Trent. And the reality is, I know what it's like to be at rock bottom. I've been there, uh, and I didn't know which way to turn. And I was very lucky that my wife grabbed my hand and, uh, and dragged me back up. And uh, uh, having someone like that that's that's willing to just help you get out of the darkest corner of your life, uh, that's a, phenom- a, phenom- a phenomenal feeling when, when, when you get back to where you need to be. And uh, I'm very conscious that uh, this week has been extremely busy for us, so we will take a big deep breath at the end of it. But uh, I'm also still conscious that we cannot continue this by ourselves, and uh, which is why we have a plan in place to, to grow it even more and, uh, and relieve some of the pressure so that... Uh, we can help share the message, but uh, we have so many people, more people behind us to, sh- to share it with us. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because one only jumps into this endeavor if they've been personally involved and, and know what it's like to be in that position. And you just alluded to the fact that that's really a driving force with you. Yeah, and look, mate, uh, and I'm always honest and I'm as honest as I can be on social media. And uh, I got a phone call from a mate of mine on Friday night. Uh, and I've never met this guy. Uh, he lives up the west of Ireland, and uh, three years ago he sent me a DM and on Twitter, and uh, I spent three hours talking to him that night, just messaging back and forward, and uh, kept in contact with him the following morning, kept in contact with him every day. As he was getting things back together again, he... Uh, we kind of maybe chatted every third or fourth day, but uh, and we stayed friends. But he he rang me up on Friday night and he said, you know, he said respect for what you guys are doing with mental health week. And uh, I said, look, mate, I don't need any thanks, and I genuinely don't. And Rob Sharkey tried to thank me on for last Friday, and I said, Rob, just don't go there because this is not about us. This is about the industry and the industry standing together. But the the guy that rang me Friday night, he said. Throughout a half an hour conversation, eventually he kind of went quiet for a second and he said, you know, he said, Pete, if you didn't answer my DM three years ago, I wouldn't be standing here. Wow. And he said, I'll never forget you for it. And I didn't need the thanks for it, but I cried a lot when he said it to me because to hear someone say those words from their mouth as opposed to a text or whatever is... uh, it, it, you know, you really feel it. You feel where that person was. But I, I kind of think to myself, the one big message for me out of that conversation is, why don't we as an industry stand together and answer that DM? Because God damn it, we can do it like. Brilliant. Yeah, well, that's we, what we should we, be doing. We can answer that DM together and we can reach out to any guy that's in that point of his life. Well, that's ultimately the answer, and it comes back to the community. And fortunately, Peter Hines was there. And I, I issue the challenge to myself and to everyone viewing and listening to this, whose DM are you going to answer? It's together that we tackle this. Thank you, Peter Hines. It's a pleasure to see you again. Glad Andrew could be along this time. Be a pleasure. been a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, I love the chat conversation uh, and, and, I, and I love the laughs with you guys just as much because I think it's such an important message that through the toughest conversations going we need to try and have a laugh every day and, and, and smile for a second and just say yeah life is good
Yeah. The only problem with this conversation is that we can't get together and share a pint at the end. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to have a two. A two-meter socially distanced hug. <laughs> I think oh, we man. got a. I think we got a, a three. We, <laughs> we have a two-continent hug taking place. That social distance is enough for me. Across the pond, Andrew Henderson, Trent Luce, Peter Hines from Ireland. And I thought while we have this momentum, I would share one of the domestic, one of the U.S programs that I'm proud to be a part of and assist in setting up the Jackie Bauer Memorial Mentoring Program, the Buddy System. And I'm going to bring Christy Smith and Maddie Caldwell on to explain it from the Team Purebred Youth Organization. Today we have the champion of the Jackie Bauer Memorial Mentoring Buddy Program, Maddie Caldwell. Now surveying crop damage in Iowa, I understand. How are you, Maddie? A little bit, yeah. I just started my new position today at Farm Credit Services of America. So it's been a busy day, but I'm excited to be here with you all. And you probably talked a bit about the crop damage being at Farm Credit Services of America. Yeah, that was a lot of what we you know, spoke about today and worked through a little bit. So it's going to be a, a really tough time for the farmers and you know whoever else um, in Iowa. So definitely devastating damage done. I think you're going to have a special guest tomorrow. I'm not sure it's been announced yet, but a guy named Trump might be showing up. Well, just saying, hopefully he stops by the office. I'm sure he'll (laughs) stop by to check on you and see how you're doing, Maddie, and see what's going on. What's the latest with the Jackie Bauer program? Why don't you tell us it's been what? Has it been a month since we announced that you were the champion? And I, I just want to know what conversations you've had and what should pe- people be doing next that want to get involved in this fantastic pioneering program? So I think it's been about a month coming up here in a few days. I think it was around like the 23rd, 24th of July that we went ahead and announced that. So um, in talking with Christy, and hopefully she can chime in a bit to help me out if need be, if I miss something, but Um, For anyone that's interested in pursuing anything related to the Jackie Bauer Foundation program that we're having, I'm going to try to come up with a shorter slogan for that for everyone because it kind of is a tongue twister. So in terms of finding out information on the Team Purebred website, you can find any of that information and you can always reach out to the three of us. We'd be happy to help. Um, I Hopefully my phone number is somewhere on there. So if you want to shoot me a text or call me um, or just reach out to me on any social media platforms, I know that's the preferred way of communication for a lot of people. So um, any of those will work in terms of questions that you might have and pursuing a position or, you know, even just volunteering to help us. So, Christy, you want to chime in on that? Yeah, um, you can find it under, there's a tab. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like the, it's not a discussion board, but it's kind of like where I just write stuff. Um, And there is a section for the Jackie Bauer Buddy Program, and it has all of the applications on there. There's different applications um, if you're like the age of a senior or intermediate, you're going to want the uh, 
Jackie Bauer member mentor application. If you're an adult, you want the adult mentor application. And if you're a junior or a novice aged kid, um, you will want to go ahead and grab that. Um, I believe it's called the just the buddy application. I think I think you're right. The last time that I looked, I did just think it says buddy application on it. So. Uh, Maddie, th- this is why we call Christy Smith the brains of the operation. I was all tongue twisted up with all of those words, and and Christy just went to the Jackie Bauer Buddy Program. That's simple. We just solved it all right there. Yes. So I think that that's what our official name is going to have to transition to, because otherwise it just gets a little confusing. Yeah. All right. So those that maybe missed our announcement or missed the core, I, I want to give just a little. Uh, synopsis so to speak of of why we're doing this in memory of jackie bauer this week in central nebraska we had an 18 year old young man who took his life we saw the cdc last week talk about with all of the uncertainty in the COVID situation uh attempted suicides are up and farming populations continue to be a high risk in terms of occupation, and our young people are no different. And so what we are doing is that we are creating a program, the, the buddy system, so that people have somebody to turn to. Whether you have any issues with mental health, whether you have any issues with depression, never thought about suicide, it doesn't matter. What we're doing is creating the opportunity for people to network and communicate with like-minded folks with folks they don't know young people old people adults juniors intermediates and that's the reason that we have named maddie caldwell our champion for the maiden voyage of this program uh anything you'd like to add to that maddie did i do okay kind of summarizing you did absolutely so it's an honor to be selected as the champion for this year and you know um possibly going into detail in the future during, you know, over the course of the buddy program, but um, have struggled with mental health myself and really wanted to support other people who are, you know, not even just going through the same things, but that are just struggling with everyday life and just, you know, transitioning from, let's say, showing to adulthood or wherever it might be. So Mm -hmm. just wanting to reach a helping hand and create a community more than anything. Okay, you two are neither one mothers, but you know mothers. I shouldn't make assumptions, but you're neither one mothers. You know mothers. And Maddie, you were talking about uh, making that transition from showing to adulthood and, and all of those changes in life. There's some show moms that need to make a transition, too, and they might be perfectly uh, fit to come into this scenario right here because these show moms, they're a whole different breed of cat now. They are. They are. I have one myself, so speaking from experience. (laughs) And she's going to listen to this, so, you know, we'll see how that goes after this, but... Yeah. Well, when she wants to send me that nice spirited email, it's trentloose at gmail.com. So there you go. All right, Christy, just once again, where do people go get information about this and just continue to spread the word? It's time. It's time now to get engaged and just Create a pen pal network. That's what we're doing, Christy. Absolutely. Go ahead and go to teampurebred.com. Find that um, like blog area. Um, look for the Jackie Bauer Buddy Program section. Click on that. Download your application and send it to teampurebred at teampurebred.com. And I just want to clarify, this is not 
only for U.S. individuals, and it's not only for individuals that are affiliated with Team Purebred or any Youth Junior Swine Association. You can just be a person that wants to have an interaction and develop a networking. Hashtag Ag Mental Health Week. Thank you, Peter Hines, for starting this movement. Thank you, Andrew Henderson, for chiming in. And Maddie Caldwell, Christy Smith. It's all laid out. Just need to be better buddies. You know what? We could take that a lot of ways. and We just need more buddies. That's the bottom line. We have successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. All of us remind you that all roads do lead to a roll route.